not fire him. I mean, have you seen our power play? Because I haven't. It's nowhere to be found. Hello, and welcome back to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Kelsey. I'm Christy. Today, we're going to talk about how the Penguins disappointed us. No. <laughs> well, we will talk about that. <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> we definitely want to address what's going on in the NHL and some things that we missed on our previous episode. So if you don't know, our previous episode, we talked about like players kneeling and protesting during the anthem um, and some of the quotes from specific players um, who show themselves as to be allies and some that are obviously players of color and their opinions on it. So to piggyback off that conversation... During the round-robin game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars, Ryan Reeves, Robin Leonard, Tyler Sagan, and Jason Dickinson all knelt during the national anthem of both Canada and the U.S. And, um, you know, we talked about Ryan Reeves last episode and, like, how he was hesitant and how he didn't want to make any of uh, his teammates uncomfortable with the fact that, you know, with kneeling or without. And, you know... Right after that uh, comment, the first game, like, he decided to kneel, and he was not alone. His teammates joined him, Robin Leonard, which is a huge surprise. And then um, it was said that during warm-ups, Ryan Reeves uh, spoke to Tyler Sagan, and then Sagan said that he was down to kneel with Ryan, went to the Stars locker room, and told everyone that he was kneeling, and um, Jason Dickinson was one of the I mean, was the only person in the Stars locker room to want to join them. So that's kind of how that happened. So our thoughts on that. I was so happy that, like, he felt comfortable doing it, um, you know, even if he didn't get support. And then to actually get that support um, from Robin Leonard, of all people, um, and, you know, to feel comfortable reaching out to to Tyler Sagan and the Stars. um, I just thought it was was good all around. And, of course... um, you know, you don't want to overlook uh, Ryan Reeves, you know, strength and bravery and doing it in the first place. But I was I was pleasantly surprised. I just like I got I was like so happy and like so I felt like a mom because like he was he, he it was like such a turnaround from before when he was just like, I don't want to make anybody like uncomfortable or whatever. And I think having um Robin Lehner say like hey like I would do this with you like actually gave him the courage to actually do it so I think that like kind of emphasizes the point that we've been saying since I guess forever that like we can't do this alone because it's very very isolating because he's the only like he's one of the only people of color on his team so knowing that like one of his teammates has his back like you know gives him the extra push yeah that's a really good point you know I definitely I'm just like happy for Ryan Reeves I I'm so happy he wasn't by himself which like I think was one of the hurtful things about Matt Dumba is that he was kneeling by himself and reporters like peppered these players with um comments about why they they knelt and Ryan Reeves said that um, he said a lot of stuff and, and definitely wanted to, he didn't want to disrespect any, um, any, anyone who fights for, for their country. But he said that this country isn't free for everyone. And that's where he's coming from. I thought there were so many like good, I don't want to say sound bites. Cause that sounds like it's just sort of like 
a nice thing to say, but I think that there was, um, I mean, from everyone, from Ryan Reeves, Tyler Sagan, um, Robin Leonard, even everyone, you know, had really thoughtful answers for everything that um, I think was stuff that was good to be said in in hockey, in hockey media. <laughs> even even like I don't want to focus so much on like the white players or whatever, but even when Tyler and Jason Dickinson was talking about it, Jason was kind of saying like you know, like, he's been really thinking about it because he has, like, Black family members and, like, he's been trying to want to do something. And, like, when Tyler said, like, hey, I'm going to do this, that's when he decided, like, hey, sure, like, I'll join join you. So I guess it's, like, it you just need one person to, like, step up. And, like, there's always people thinking about it. So just having, like, a person say, like, hey, I'm going to do this. Like, if you guys want to join me, like, join me. Like, that gave him the, I guess, courage to do something also. Because it's really hard being the only person. So I'm glad, like, they each had someone join them. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's a really good point. And you brought up Jason Dickinson's reason why. And, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think that this could be a separate episode. But the fact that Jason Dickinson has a black, like, has black family members and decide, like, this is how he wants to support. And, you know, Jacob Slavin has a black daughter that he adopted and has done nothing. And has chose to have. He chose to adopt uh, his daughter and has done nothing and is content with doing nothing like it's still like at this point we're like oh we're talking about it and all this stuff like you know that this is your daughter and you won't do anything um so it's nice to see that jason is you know doing this for his black family members because there's a ton of nhl players as we've seen that have black family members that haven't done nothing (laughs) when you talk about the good you kind of have to talk about the bad so let's get into morgan riley's comments which he says a mouthful. So I, let me read the quote from him. Um, so Morgan Riley said, we've definitely talked about it. And I think that as a group, we agree with what Dumba had to say in terms of taking action. I think that can take different forms. I think that there's been players on our teams that have had conversations with outside people with each other. We've talked about what we want to do moving forward. And we've talked to players that play on other teams about taking action and doing certain things. We've chosen to go that way. We obviously haven't had anyone kneel, and I think it's important for you to try to respect that. We want to respect people's opinions on things. In terms of what we're going to do moving forward, we have to continue to talk about that as a team and as a group. We're only going to move forward with certain things if we have everyone on board, and I think that's important. Okay, so you you know what this kind of sounds like to me? It kind of sounds like he's like, we don't have, we don't have any black players on this team (laughs) that would want to kneel. So, like, I don't think they have any black players on their team. So, like, it sounds like they're just like, we don't have any black players on our team. So, like, we don't really have to kneel. And you guys have to respect that because that's what we've chosen to do. And like I was like, we've chosen to go that way. Like what? Like what? What way? I don't understand. <laughs> it's just I find it so annoying because they, um, like as a team, have like those Black Lives Matter T-shirts, and it's like then show up, you know, during the anthem. Like it's not <laughs> that hard. 
It's very much that meme where they're wearing Black Lives Matter shirts and they're like, that's enough activism today. Like, it's like, you know, and I feel like maybe they can't read. That's the problem. Well, I wouldn't put it past them. I think a lot of them (laughs) stopped going to school. I think a lot of them went to juniors. So I don't know if they finished high school. But like a lot of it seems like as if people were putting pressure on them to kneel. Like not everything is like to kneel or not to kneel because... I'm on another podcast, right? And we had um, Erica Ayala talk to her about players kneeling. You know, her opinion was of it's like, okay, like, great, but that's like four years too late. Women's basketball is, they're not even out on the court when the anthems are being played. And they don't, it's not just about like, oh, we kneel or Black Lives Matter, but they're continuing to say like, you know, um, justice for Breonna Taylor like voting like voting rights and voting matters and and like uh, like ev- like so many different things that affect the black lives matter movement affect and affect you know minorities and marginalized communities and everything that the black lives matter movement pretty much stands for and so she's saying like to go from that to go like to see four players kneel and then like other players saying like well like you we don't want to kneel and you have to respect that like it's just so antiquated and just like the bar is literally underground and we're happy that players are, you know, jumping over it and some players just like won't. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, like, like I, I think that it, it does. I think that it does. But like, I think that like, because kneeling is so like five years ago, like, like, if the NHL did this five years ago, that's when it would have been really, really, like, I guess, um, like, radical. And the fact that, like, kneeling is such, like, it's no it's no big deal anymore except in hockey because players, like, they won't do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're so far behind everyone else that in hockey, kneeling is a big deal. Whereas, like, in basketball or, like, even football and, like, obviously the end the WNBA it's not a big deal because like they were already there and it's just like in hockey like they're 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 not there and I think the fact that like players are even kind of like uncomfortable talking about it where it's just like hey like we're like we we're talking about it as a team and as a group and we're trying to figure out how to move forward and it's just like move forward and doing and doing what like what are you guys taking action about like I feel like they're not even comfortable speaking, like, talking about what it is that they're supposed to be talking about. Like, they can't even say, like, they can't even say it. Like, they can't even say racism. Like, even reading um, Morgan Riley's statement, like, I have no idea. Like, if I didn't know what he was talking about, I would have no idea what he's talking about. Like, he's talking in literal circles. So it's just, like, players are not, they're not, like, (laughs) <laughs> they're they they're just so far behind and I yeah. think like they don't have they don't have like chances to actually speak up or whatever because say say we're all like okay whatever you guys don't even need to kneel because it's it's over like we like we get it but then like what other opportunities do players have to I guess, kind of protest on a national stage. Like, yeah, they're talking to reporters after, but, like, only hockey fans see that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like they don't have um, they don't have a chance to really express themselves. Like, 
nationally and then it's also like what what are they gonna do they're they're literally so far behind like how are they gonna catch up (laughs) like so like I think seeing more players kneel would be a big step for them because they are so far behind and I don't and I don't think comparing them to the WNBA not like it's not fair but like like the WNBA is filled with black women. So, like, you know, black women, we know how to get things done. Whereas, like, I think, yeah, I just think, like, they're, they're like, so far behind. Like, I don't even know how they're going to catch up. Yeah. One thing I definitely wanted to bring up was just, like, that Matt Dumba. Like, he, he, like, posted on his Instagram about how, like, people were giving him stuff because like he knelt for like, I believe the U S anthem, but didn't nail for the Canadian anthem. And he was like, right. He was like talking about like Canada is not um, racism free either. And like, he talked about all the things that are happening there and like this is the history and how he was saying like, you know, if he wasn't so like nervous to do this, cause literally he was by himself. Um, he would have like knelt for the Canadian anthem. And then, so in all of his games, he raised his fist, um, which again, like JT Brown did a couple years ago, but still he raised his fist during the anthems every single game that he played and he was by himself. And it's just like, man, it, you're, it's just like heartbreaking to watch. I, I feel like, I think it's cause like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like hockey players, they're so, I don't want to be like, they're uneducated, they're dumb, but education does play, like, a big part in, like, unlearning a lot of things that are internal and that have been, like, ingrained in us from our society, and I feel like hockey players, they don't, they, they don't learn, and then there's, there's such a, there's such a culture of like we all have to do the same thing that like in order to get like it has to be like a mandate from I guess Gary Bettman to be like hey like we're all gonna kneel in order for them all to do something like like it's not it has to come from the top down not like from them out you see some of these um like quotes that uh some white players have had where they're like oh you know I'm having conversations I'm learning and it's like well, then that's part of the process. Like, you listen to how you can do better. And then once, you know, if somehow you didn't know how bad things were or how prevalent racism in hockey still is, um, then, like, you should be taking steps to change that and to show, like, what you've miraculously learned. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, I just don't know what they're afraid of. Because honestly, and I mean, no, I don't know, you know, what went on behind closed doors, you know, in the Vegas Golden Knights locker room, the Stars locker room, the Wild locker room. But like, I didn't see one bad like media report or being like, they're, you know, and I mean, a lot of this goes towards what um, both of you said, where uh, kneeling is like, not it's nothing new it's nothing um over the top but like i didn't see anyone have a negative reaction towards it but so like what are these and especially bigger stars who you know the nhl really can't touch to a certain extent like what are they afraid of 
but even if they did care, I just feel like they're too scared to like get any type of negative comments. And yeah, the media didn't say a lot of negative comments, but the hate that they probably would get on social media because like Matt Dumba got a lot, yeah, and he yeah. was saying like, "Don't DM me, like send it in the comments so people can see your bigotry and like see your racism and you know show yourselves." But the trolls don't, and like they're definitely scared of that and. It's going to take a long time. Like, the the NHL has such work to do. Don't unlearn, like, toxicity in, 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 like, a day. But it just looks like... It just looks like they're kind of just, like, going along... Like, going along in a river. What are those, like, little tuby things that they put in the ocean? They're just kind of just, like, I don't know, just, like, flowing around like a piece of plastic in the ocean. Just going wherever. Like... Like, they're not, like, actively doing anything that we can see. And, like, some of the things that the players are saying is really, really, like, it's like we've gone backwards a little bit rather than forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right. So moving on to some hurtful conversation like the pens what <laughs> the pens were eliminated from the uh play-in series by the habs and um yeah habs won game one uh the pens won game two uh game three the pens were up two, and then um could not hold the lead and the habs won uh three to four and uh then the fourth game sid's birthday game uh, the Habs won. So, shut out. Yeah, shut out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. I should have muted my mic. It just came up so fast. <laughs> it came up so fast. Do you do you think Mike Sullivan is out? Uh, no, I don't think he's fired. And I don't even think he is a bad coach. But I don't know what happened to him this summer that he became... He's always been stubborn, but he became stubborn to, like, fall where it was, like, visibly detrimental. Because, like, before, like, you could blame it on, like, a bunch of different things. But now it's just, like, okay, like, you continuing this bottom three pairing, like, you actively... Like, that, that was you actively doing that, and you actively, like, made this team lose. Like, your lineup decisions, like, you can't, like, there was no major injuries. Like, you can't blame it on anything else except for your lineup decisions, honestly, in my opinion. I don't want to give Mike Sullivan too much credit. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what are you about to say? Do you I'm think nervous. That, like... There was pressure from G from Jim Rutherford to have Johnson in because I just how can you watch that every day? Like how could Mike Sullivan watch that every day and be like, oh yeah, this is fine. Mike Sullivan has won two Stanley Cups back to back, okay, off his decision. Jim Rutherford has said time and time again how much he like completely trusts Mike Sullivan, right? Like he gives him the tools and he trusts what Mike Sullivan does and. Mike Sullivan is so fucking stubborn and opinionated. And, like, there's no way that Jim Rutherford is like, 
That old man is saying to this Boston guy, you have to play Jack Johnson. You have to play. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Only because, like, two cups. And I and I have, I agree that Mike Sullivan is a good coach who has blind. Like, every good coach has faults. In the cup wins, the Mata Daly pairing was not good. It was not good. <laughs> but it was oh, good no, enough. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's, there were, like, I have noticed from the beginning that, like, Mike Sullivan made, made bad choices, but somehow they would work out, right? Like, okay, fine, it works out. And then he just, like, he just started to get cockier and cockier, like, more stubborn, like, no, 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 I'm right, look, I have two cups. And everyone would, everyone would be like, you're right, you have two cups. But then, like, we, we talked about this before we recorded, but 2017, won the cup. 2018 lost in the second round fine cup hangover two cup hangovers we get it 2019 got bounced in the first round swept actually by the islanders 2020 could not even make it into the playoffs we got sweat we got like you know a gentleman sweep in the play-in round the bad decision the play-in round that's what it's called a gentleman sweep i've never heard of that yeah, where you win one game, but then they they win the other three. <laughs> <laughs> so they were a gentleman. They let you win one sorry, game. Sorry, sorry, they, sorry, No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. And the fact that, like, Jim Rutherford, yeah, he was a goalie, but he was never a coach. Like, he never coached his team. So I think that he trusts Mike Sullivan. But the thing about it is there are there's, – there's data that shows that Mike has – he's made some bad decisions and it has worked out. But – it's not working out now. And he's just so stubborn. Like, game four, he's so stubborn. Game, actually, game three, like, the Pens won, and he made a lineup decision. Do I agree that Jared McCann should have came out? No, because I don't think that we had a center that could work. Like, I, here's the thing. Sure, Sam Lafferty, absolutely. You're a Pittsburgh guy. Why not? Okay, I know everyone loves him because he's from Pittsburgh. I get it. Sam Lafferty is not as good as Jared McCann. Like, come on now. That's, that's facts. Jared McCann had a bad season, a bad series. Yes, I will agree to that. But there were other things that you could have done, Mike, like play a Chad Ruedel in for Jack Johnson. Like, you know, he benches players like uh, McCann and Ruedel and Ricola and Sam Lafferty, right? But the vets such as, Jack Johnson, Pat Mar- uh, Patrick Marlowe, who else didn't who else didn't play that well? Mm, even Sheary. Justin Connor Sheary, Justin Schultz, right? None of them had a good series. So why 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 do they get passes? Why is it the young guys that have to suffer, but the veteran guys who do who fuck up as well never have to like don't have to be sad? It's just it's boggling to me. Yeah, I think with, like, Sullivan, though, like, he, like, once, like, even if um, Rutherford, he's, he gets, like, people or whatever, if they don't work for Sullivan, they don't work for Sullivan, right? So, like, Ryan Reeves, even though we loved him, and Derek Brassad, like, even though, like, you know, like, those were Rutherford gets, they didn't necessarily work out, and then Sullivan, like, he didn't play them or he didn't give them as much of a shot as we thought he he should have so I don't see why it it was so different with Jack Johnson like it literally doesn't make sense why 
he was given every chance available. Yeah. The first game, they looked fantastic, right? Like, I had someone tell me the first 20 minutes of the Pens have game, that was the best hockey they've watched so far. Like, the the Penguins were playing incredible. It's like, as the games progressed, they got less and, like, it just went downhill. Like, their play. It's like they thought they couldn't beat Carey Price, and then they kind of just, like, stopped trying. Especially in Game 4. Game 4 was embarrassing. I don't believe, I don't agree with that. Here's, they beat Carey Price. Like, they scored goals. They scored goals. They just stopped. Like, game three, they had the lead, and they just stopped playing. So it's like, you could beat him. You scored three goals on him, and you can't even defend the lead? Like, why is it five minutes left in the game? Jack Johnson and the third, like, Jack Johnson pairing with Schultz, and the third line is out there. Not the Bluger line. The third line of, what was it? Sam Lafferty, Patrick Marlowe, and Patrick Hornquist. That line made no sense the day it was formed, and that line made no sense the the last it was on the ice. Why? In a in a in a situation where you're defending or trying to like be in the offensive zone, why would you put them out there? <laughs> Could I tell you? Yeah, like because it's just, just baffling decisions that he he made. Like the fact that one of the biggest adjustments he made was in goal. Made absolutely no sense. Okay, okay. This is. I think the. I think the Pittsburgh media needs to be a lot harder on Mike Sullivan so that he can like have an epiphany or something. Because they were all just like, oh, he's like they. He has to make a switch and goal. Like he just has to to wake this team up. And it's just like that's not the only move that he can make. I'm sure you guys are asking like the best questions that you can so you can keep your press badges or whatever it is but like you guys need to hold him more accountable just like all these stats that you guys put out on twitter be like hey like murray was significantly better without johnson on the ice so what's up why is he playing with five minutes left and we're trying to like win a game like you know what i mean like i feel like they don't pressure him enough and that just adds to him thinking that his decisions are good they don't bully him enough, which is like, yeah, fair. which is fair. We work. We yeah. we know this. I don't know how you tell someone how to do their job except to be like, do your mean. job. <laughs> yeah, except to be mean or like. I mean, you don't be mean about it. You tell them the facts, and then you want, and then you you always have to be like curious. Just be like, hey, I was just wondering. I saw this, this, and this, so I'm just wondering about your thought process on that. Yeah, but you know how Mike Sullivan is. Like, he's very short, and, like, if he doesn't (laughs) want to answer it, he doesn't want to answer it. I hate hate this journalist, so I won't, like, reference him, but he was saying, like, even in his post-game press conference after the game three, like, he was just so lackluster. Like, he wasn't angry. He just was like, yeah, I don't know what happened, and it's like... You're the it's fucking your job, coach, Mike. Dude. Like, yeah, like it's your job. Yeah, to, you're supposed to yeah, know what happened. Like, and it's just, I mean, I definitely agree that the Pittsburgh media coddles the shit out of him because of the two cups, and like he deserves respect. Like, I'm not trying to say disrespect him, but like, 
yeah, you can't infallible. keep feeding us like these BS answers and thinking that's enough. Like, cause it's not because uh, here we are another year later and Sid and Malkin and Latang are doing nothing but getting older. Like we literally keep celebrating their birthdays and I want to cry. Like I knew the moment, like in the fourth game that like shit hit the fan when I saw the lines, like the lines, it was uh, Gensel, Sid and Rust, Zucker, Malkin, uh, Hornquist, Marlowe, Shiri and Jared McCann and then the fourth line and I was like oh this guy literally has no fucking clue like you're doing all of this just so you can keep uh, Schultz and Johnson together like that's what that means like that's what that showed me and it just it was but, just they, they, but they weren't even paired together so it's just like you know that there's something wrong oh my god yes with and that the, pairing the defense like he broke up the defense and did Latang with uh, Johnson and Dumo well, with Schultz that's when you knew. Like that was when I knew. I was like, oh, we're losing. Like I mean, I knew yeah. before, but I was like, confirmed, we're losing. Obviously, Jack Johnson is a problem, but I was also concerned with Justin Schultz on his own, and I don't know if part of that was feeling like he had to, um, like overcompensate for Jack Johnson, and maybe he was gripping the stick too tight, like they always say, or maybe he was just, um, I mean, maybe he was just having a bad series, but. He also, I didn't feel, was playing up to his potential, which we've all seen. Um, I was just wondering what you guys thought, if you noticed that, or if it was just I caught him at the wrong moments. He was not good. Yeah, <laughs> I was. <laughs> there were times I was like, what is wrong with Justin Schultz? Like, I he's know. just making horrible plays. But you know what? After 2017, I really thought that Justin Schultz's play has dwindled each year. And granted, a lot of that is on the fact that he hasn't really been healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not the Justin Schultz that won- helped win the cup in 2017. Like, he just has just struggled. And granted, he hasn't had help on defense, like, as his defensive partner. But, like, even on the power play, he didn't look spectacular. And I, I don't want to be mean. Or I don't want to expect. <laughs> I don't want to expect too much, especially since he was coming off of injury. But was anyone underwhelmed with Jay Gensel? I mean, he did. He did a lot of good like assists, and he had several yeah. points. And I think that at a lot of times he was, you know, the bright spot. But still, mm-hmm. I was just like, eh. Where's yeah. playoff Jay Gensel? Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think maybe that's a really good point, Kelsey. I think. Maybe there were just so many other underwhelming performances. I really mm-hmm. didn't. I couldn't say that Jake's was underwhelming. What like sure. the, it, Jake was kind of like Sid and Malkin, right? Like Malkin, I thought he did a lot of good things, um, and I was just like waiting for him to score. Like, come on, Gino, score! But he didn't. And sometimes it's like that. Like it's frustrated because it's like it's not often. It's a series. And sometimes it's like a game. Where I'm, like, thinking, like, he's going to take it over, and he doesn't. And I felt like that was the same with, like, Gino and Jake. Say that sometimes I feel like he was, like, trying to be too fancy. And I'm like, you don't have to do, like, a spinorama pass. Like, just get it to him. (laughs) It it was (laughs) his birthday. He has to. No, I know. But (laughs) he was Leo season. He was feeling himself. He was. They all were. Like, the Oh god, the power play. Oh, let me talk about the power play. But I yeah. feel like but I feel like okay, so our top line like our top two lines, like they didn't score as much as we wanted them to, but that's why you have 
Like, that's why you have a bottom six. Like, yeah, I feel like the, um, I feel like the fourth line, they were, they were okay. But like the third line was just nothing. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like, you have that top six and you, so it's like when the top six doesn't score, maybe we barely getting through, like we're barely getting through. But that's the thing is that like, I don't think it was, they just didn't score enough. It was just like, they just didn't play well. And like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just get so annoyed because everyone talks about how Mike Sullivan, he has the pulse on this team. And, like, he hasn't had the pulse on this team since Matt Cullen left. Okay, so the Penguins continue to be dramatic and decided to, yeah, they're deciding not to renew the contracts of the assistant coaches, Sergei Gonchar, uh, Jack Martin, and Woohoo, Mark Reggie! <laughs> Get the fuck out, Reggie! <laughs> Finally, I, they listen to Kelsey. Like Kelsey, like t- take the floor. This is I your know. moment to shine. Finally, some respect for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I mean, I don't know how they couldn't not fire him. I mean, have you seen our power play? Because mm. um, I haven't. It's nowhere to be found. Um, I was really sad about um, Gonchar and Mar- Martin. I thought that they did okay with like what they had, um, but I can see wanting to start over and blow it all up. I'm like I'm surprised they actually did something because like the way that they're talking is just like, oh, like it was just an anomaly. We didn't like have it, I guess, but. <laughs> Mark Recchi being gone, I'm like shocked. But Jacques Martin and um, Gonchar, I'm like more shocked because I feel like the defense was more like Jack Johnson because we have two solid pairs and it's just like the bottom pair is the one that was holding us back. And just like the way that like Rutherford spoke, maybe I didn't hear the whole like quote or whatever, but the way that he spoke, he made it seem like it was personnel issues like on the team rather than like coaching. So it was kind of shocking that he fired both the defensive coaches. Honestly, I definitely agree with you guys. I think I'm more, I'm not surprised that uh, Martin left because I think he's made some, he's definitely made some questionable decisions uh, on the defensive end. And I blame Sullivan and Martin because Martin's in charge of the defense and Sullivan's in charge of the team. So I can definitely see why they, they left. I can see why Gonchar is not being relieved. I mean, is not being renewed either, even though it hurts because like, as (laughs) the guy would always be like, no, Gonchar doesn't handle that. It's all Martin's fault. Like Gonchar is trying his best. It's all Martin. But you know, I saw on, like, I think it was, like, DK Pittsburgh, which I, like, try not to shout out because, like, <laughs> they're problematic. <laughs> um, they were saying that, and I don't know if this is true or not, obviously, but when Jack Johnson got here, Sergey was saying, like, oh, yeah, there's a few things in, in his end that we just want to clean up. We think that we can improve, and then in, if that happens, like, he'll be a good um, uh, signing for the Penguins because they like that he can, like, clear the net. But none of the improvements happened. So I could see why Gonchar is let go as well. But someone was talking about how, like, you know, when Mike Sullivan got called up, he never got to bring in his own guy. It's like, it was just the head coach that was fired. The assistant coaches got to stay. And then they won a cup. 
Then the next year, they won a cup again. Mark Recchi, I mean, Rick Tockett leaves, Mark Recchi comes in, and then they, like, they keep going. So maybe this gives Sullivan an opportunity to pick his own guys. Um, were you surprised that Sullivan wasn't fired? No. Because I feel like they did really well in the regular season, despite all their injuries and stuff. And in the playoffs, like you can point, you can pinpoint where the Penguins went wrong, and they went wrong because their power play was ineffective, and their and the defense, well, the bottom pair was awful. And if Gonchar and Martin were in charge of like revitalizing Johnson, and it didn't work out, then I can see them being held like accountable for that. Even though like. Jack Johnson is 30-something. Like, if he didn't have it before, he's not going to have it, like, now. But anyway. I was and I wasn't. Um, I mean, I wasn't expecting them to, like, clear out the whole assistant staff. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that they're going to try to let Sullivan, like, help make some decisions. Um rather than start completely fresh. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how well that's going to work out or how, um, you know, poorly it's going to work out. Trying to be optimistic here. But, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I was expecting him to be fired. Um, But, I mean, I guess I'm okay with him not. I mean, what can I do? You can advocate, just like you advocated (laughs) for Mark Reckie to be fired. It may take years, but you can do it. He was a bad idea from the beginning. He was. I heard, and this is like from the grapevine, but I heard that Reckie was like approached, or Reckie was pushed because like the ownership wanted him to be there, not necessarily the coaching staff, like wanted him in that, to fill Rick Tockett's position. And people were saying, like, that they're even surprised Recky would be there because of, like, the conflict Recky and, and Sid had um, yeah. when Sid was uh, a rookie. So it's interesting, but, you know, I actually am really intrigued to see who uh, the Pens decide to fill those spots. Because, like you guys said, we definitely need help on the power play. We definitely need, like, something needs to change with the defense. Um, it's a little disheartening because it seems like it's very easy. The The easiest change on the defense is to like trade or buy out Jack Thompson, but who knows? Um, I, I doubt Rutherford is going to do that. It would be very surprising to me. Who would you guys like want the Penguins to bring in? Bruce Boudreaux, anyone? But would he be okay with being an assistant? You know, I think, I don't know. Like, if he could be an assistant on a team that could win the cup, maybe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get that opportunity, and then that does nothing but help him get another head coaching job. Maybe Mike Sullivan should be made an assistant coach, and then they're all (laughs) assistant coaches together. You guys are going to hate this example, Christy especially, but the Flyers have three head coaches on their bench. And yeah, yeah I mean, the other coaches are assistant coaches, oh. but they all were head coaches in the NHL. Oh, so, well. you know, maybe. I was thinking LaViolette, but like, 
the Nashville power play was like awful. So <laughs> no. And I think Laviolette's personality mixed with Sullivan's personality is just like a recipe for di- disaster. <laughs> like they're both like alpha. Like I said this and that's that. Like I don't know. I, I can't. Laviolette from Massachusetts also. Probably. Because I think that's why Rutherford wanted him. He wanted a a Boston guy, like a take charge. So, like we said, the Pens got bounced in the qualifying round, which gave them, like, opportunity for, I guess, Lafreniere? Is that what people are saying? Alexi Lafreniere? Yeah. Yes. Well, we didn't win that either. So, <laughs> so like, thank you. I'm sorry, who won? <laughs> I was, like, asleep during that. Who won that? So, so the second overall went to the Kings, then third went to Ottawa off of San Jose's traffic. <laughs> so, like, yikes for San Jose, right? Yeah, and but the people want to know Detroit, who went first. Detroit got the fourth, and then <laughs> Ottawa comes in with the fifth. So, Ottawa has three and five. Interesting. And then we have <laughs> Anaheim with six, New Jersey with seven, um, Buffalo with eight, nine with Minnesota, 10 with Winnipeg. So, I mean, not first, but they got 10th. Um, 11th with Nashville, 12th with Florida, 13th went to Carolina because that was Toronto's first round pick. And then <laughs> 14th went to Edmonton and 15th went to good old Pittsburgh. Honestly, I'm just surprised they had a first round pick. Honestly. I'm they not sure did it. Yeah, uh, Kelsey, you got us there. Like, they really almost did it. <laughs> they could have given that pick to Minnesota, but they decided to keep it. Um, and then the next 21 draft pick will go to Minnesota because of the Zucker trade. Yeah, I actually don't know who got first. So, <laughs> like, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, like, because I can be, like, truly myself here, I'm not saying it. <laughs> You do not see it. <laughs> like, I do not I'll see it. Say. Especially because apparently Lafreniere is, like, very sweet and close to a Penn's prospect. So I'm devastated, to be honest. But, yeah, he's coming to the Rangers. I mean, if they draft him, they could always draft by field because they need centers. But I wouldn't. I, like, the thing about by field is that I wouldn't wish that, like, to be on a team with racist like blatantly racist people like I wouldn't wish that on anybody so I don't know if that's what something that you would do but I I told you why I wanted him in in on the Kings because the Kings have a prospect in Akil Thomas and they played on Team Canada together so they're familiar with each other and yeah that's what I want but I mean if he went to Ottawa like since people aren't actually that high on Byfield, and I think there's some other kid that might go second. I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know if Anthony Duclair is going to stay in Ottawa, but I would not hate it. I think Ottawa has, like, according to Manny, they have, like, a really good center um, in the pipeline. They've already drafted. And, I mean, obviously, he's a prospect. So I wonder... If they need more centers, I know Josh Norris is a center, but I don't know if they say that he's projected to be a really good 2C. I don't know if like they want to get, if they could get Byfield 
um, would they draft him and then Josh could be a really good 3C? I mean, depending on, you never know if you can keep those players because they're all, their contracts could all be around the same time, but um, I wouldn't hate him if he went to Ottawa. Yeah. Maybe, like, if he fell to Detroit, though, that would be really, really nice. Yeah. I would like that, personally. I feel so bad for Detroit. (laughs) They got screwed out of, like... I know. (laughs) Yeah. But, apparently, this draft is very deep. And, like, even at 15, people are saying that there's tons of really good center and center depth in this draft. So, I think, you know, no matter what, Detroit will get a, a pretty decent pick. You know, the draft isn't supposed to be until, like, November, uh, October, November. So, it'll be really interesting to see or to, like, you know, see the think pieces on who the Penguins should get in that, um, at that spot at 15. All right. So, going into the playoffs, um, currently, for the West Coast, Vegas versus Chicago, they uh, Vegas leads the series up one. Um, the Yotes versus Colorado. Currently, that game is not started yet at the time of recording, so we don't have an outcome. Um, and then Dallas versus the Flames. Believe the Flames are up one on in that series. And then Blues versus the Canucks. Um, that game hasn't uh, started, so we don't have the outcome. For the Eastern Conference, we have the Caps versus the Islanders. The Islanders are up one. The Bolts versus Columbus, and the Bolts are up one, but it took five overtimes to get there, which is just, like, insanity. (laughs) I was, like, in the middle of my workday, and then I went to bed, and that game was finally over. (laughs) I, like, it it went on when I was, um, like, during my last hour of my full-time job, and, like, I went and had, like, a full shift at my other job, and the game was still going on. I was like, I had a whole job in between this. They played two and a half games. That's insane. I was so exhausted. I was just like, someone please end it. Like, I almost didn't care, like, who scored. I was just like, just end it. I'm tired. Like, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm not even playing, but I'm exhausted. Even at one point, I was like... Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, like you are a fan of both teams. Rooting for Tampa. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Honestly, Christy, listen, you. I don't know oh who you like. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You know, keywords, I suppose, but... <laughs> um, yeah, that game was insane. Like, I can't... I like I genuinely surprised myself because I felt bad for uh, Columbus because like I mean I was gonna feel bad for whoever lost because like you're literally playing two and a half games for yeah. one game outcome like and, and like you can't even say like oh like Columbus like they they shot themselves in the foot right or like oh you didn't give your all on the ice and now you're down uh, in the series it's only yeah. one game but like it's a long game to just lose. Like, there's no, there's no point. There's no loser point. <laughs> but, like, can you, can you imagine, though, if this was, like, a regular season game and then, like, everyone gets, like, a point? Like, it feels good that there was a definite winner, but by the end, like, you could tell that they were all, like, exhausted. 
like that last power play with the bolts like they were just like shooting it wherever like nothing <laughs> no passes connected they were just so tired and like victor hedman for being a game time decision to playing that many minutes like I don't think he played as many as Seth Jones, but, like, no. I mean, he was, like, he's, like, ankle was, was hurting. Yeah. He's he definitely still injured, though. But I feel like, I feel like Seth Jones has to play that many minutes because, like, they're not as deep on defense as Tampa is. Like, Tampa has, like, Edmund and they have like McDonough and they have Sergachev and like um, Columbus has Wierenski and they have Jones. So and they and they're on a pair together. So it's just like if they're not on the ice together, who else do they have? Yeah, I mean I think that's yeah I think that's clear. I I don't know who is as deep as Tampa anywhere. You know, because that's, like, the thing about Tampa is that they have really good forward depth, they have good defensive depth, and they are good in goal. So, um, that's kind of, like, their M.O. Because everyone's like, oh, I'll take a discount to stay there. But um, I was just surprised by, like, how Columbus kind of, like, contained the Bolts. Like, I don't know. I just, I won't say contained. I just say they play the Bolts really well. Like, because... I only watched, like, I mean, I didn't watch the full game. I started some at 2 and then started some at, like, 8.30. But they were, like, you know, they weren't giving Tampa that many. They weren't letting Tampa run wild, which I think could, like, is possible for Tampa, obviously. Yeah, and I think that Tampa's, and I think, what's his name, Corpus Allo, like, he played out yeah. of his mind. yeah. He faced, he like, over 80 shots. Yeah, 88 shots. And then um, Vassy, I think, 63? Yeah. 63. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. But, like, 80-something shots and you only let in three? Yeah. And, like, I'd love to see, like, what the shot attempts were. You know? Like, how, like you know yeah. how some games, like, the shot attempts were 100 to, like, 20? Like, I'd love to see um, what that was. But just crazy I, I think that's gonna be a really interesting um series I think Tampa's gonna win because they got the confidence of the first game um but I don't I don't think Columbus will make it easy for them no no um so what are there any other series that you guys are gonna try to like keep an eye out on or try to watch like our um, our team's out. No. <laughs> I'm excited for um the Flyers and the Canadians tonight. Oh yeah, I didn't even like literally forgot. Didn't even get to them because of Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I will definitely keep my eye on Tampa, uh, Columbus. I think that that's interesting. Um, I watched the, earlier today the Hurricanes and Boston. Boston, and that was unexpectedly like really fun to watch. So yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, and then the Avalanche and the uh, Coyotes, I think, is interesting too. Mm. Yeah, I have like no interest to watch the 
the Avs or the Coyotes. So you guys have to tell me if it's good. <laughs> I, just, I, have, I don't I know. I mean, it's 0-0 zero, zero right now. Yeah. Like, I just... No, I mean, like, I don't have an urge to watch their team. Like, everyone knows how I feel about the Avs. Yeah. Um, so I won't, like, say it again. But um, the Yotes just, like, don't, like, I don't know. They don't, like, excite me. I know that, like, people are like, Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel. Like, I love Phil. I appreciate Phil. I will never say a bad thing about Phil. But I don't want to watch the Yotes. <laughs> it's like the Yotes are missing something. Even though, like, they're not horrible. Like, they're not bad. Yeah. But they're missing that, like, extra, like, I don't know, pizzazz. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I will try to watch as much as I can of the Dallas Flames uh, series, just because I don't mind either one of those teams. I think I'm probably pulling for Dallas to win, but I think the Flames look like they, they got it. Yeah. yeah. Dallas just cannot score. Yeah. It's really which, bad. Like, look how fast the night changes. Because when I got in hockey, Dallas was all about scoring and couldn't defend or have contending for their life. And now, you know. Now it's like both. (laughs) I think their defense is okay, right? They have uh, Miro Heiskanen and John Klingberg. But yeah, they're... Hints? Or is he a forward? No, Hints is a forward. He's a center. Yeah, he he was 1C for a couple of games or for a while in the regular season when when Tyler was not at his best or you know what honestly I, just, I don't even know if Tyler was just bad I think Rupe was just good he like they people or teams planned against him so I almost forgot the Canucks I definitely want to see the Canucks even though I don't want to watch the Blues <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. They're yeah. Their games are so late though. They are late. Really, they're they're like um I think that they're like what I would call like morning hockey. So you wake up and then you just like watch the recaps in the morning while you're like making mm. stuff or something like that. That's kind of what I do anyway. But yeah, it's tough, man. Like I it's it's hard. Are either of you It's hard when your teams aren't in it. <laughs> Well, fortunately, like, we I have only have Tampa. Like, yeah, yeah, Tampa. yeah. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> that was so fake. I'm not, wait, no, you can't call me fake because I've never, I've never been soft for Tampa. I know, I know. So, like, what are you talking about? Like, you should be, like, you should be. They're, they're sweet. No, they're not. They're extremely They seem kind of dirty when I, <laughs> in the last day. <laughs> they're not dirty. They're just, like, <laughs> they're just a little spicy. <laughs> Tampa's just not my cup of tea. You know who shows up for me every game? Who? Anthony Beauvillier. Yes, he does. All the time. <laughs> He's always scoring. Oh, speaking of, are either of you interested in the Capitals series? No, um, not I want really. <laughs> But yeah, not really. Who do you? Who do I want to win? Islanders. Yeah, I, I, I was. I just realized that today. I was like, listen, if the Islanders sweep the ca- sweep the Caps, maybe last year's sweep of the Penguins isn't as bad because the Islanders <laughs> sweep other teams too. I just like want people to be like, oh, the caps are bad too. Like, I just don't want everyone to look at Pittsburgh. I just just want to hide them. I mean, 
the Leafs are doing what they're doing. So Yeah, I'm grateful yeah. for the Leafs and the Oilers, like, honestly. Well, with that, we want to thank you guys for listening to today's show. If you have any topics, comments, anything you want us to touch on, you can always find us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. And uh, enjoy the playoffs, because we sure won't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad the Ted's lost. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.